as it has been, is over. That phase was on fun. Let's be ready for anything. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun, everybody. Oh, it is so nice to be back. Charlie, welcome. We're, uh, we've been off for a little bit of uh, time here with the birth of youngest uh, podcast member, Alice May Fonville. Yes. Alice Fonville, so cute, so precious little baby. I want to eat her face off. <laughs> I could just, I just want to just like take little chunks of her face off and then put them in pies and then eat them at lunchtime for the next day. That is illegal. <laughs> I just want to take her little toes and string them up on a necklace and wear them around as a necklace. And people say, is that those pearls? I'd be like, no, they're baby toes. They're Alice's toes and I'm wearing them like that. Uh, I think we all want to do that at some point <laughs> or another. But we're very glad to be back. Super glad. Thanks for your patience, yeah. listeners. We're pretty light on viewer mail since we haven't really been podcasting. Um, they were giving us the, uh, you know, space and privacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we appreciate. Thank you. We did get a great uh, future episode suggestion. What about unresolved plots, such as the end of season one with those alien parasite things? Oh, yeah. I have a whole, f- whole thing about the alien parasite things. That's a great idea. <sighs> we'll do yeah. that for sure in the future. Thank, thank you, Josh. We're going to do that. Uh, but today, in honor of young Alice, we're going to talk about kids on the Enterprise. And kids in space, I guess, in general. As sure. seen through the lens of Star Trek The Next Generation. Kids in <laughs> space! Shut up, Wesley! Uh, now, I, re- I, I, in preparation for this, rewatched the Imaginary Friends episode. Uh, wherein a little girl on the ship who is lonely has an imaginary friend and then a little flashlight beam from space decides that she wants to become a real girl and becomes her imaginary friend and is real creepy. It's like Total a re- douchebag. Uh, she's a real douchebag. She gets the girl in trouble all the time. She's trying to destroy the Enterprise. They're trying to eat their energy you, or something. Did you have any imaginary friends, Charlie, when you were growing up? I did. I did. I had... Uh, he was a truck driver because I lived near the highway where a truck stop was. His name was Elmer, I think. And he drove a, uh, there's a, there's a company called Yellow and they have a big orange uh, shield as their logo. Which is ironic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you would think yeah, they would he, have a yellow shield. He was my pal. I don't know. It's pretty... It's a bummer that my imaginary friend, who was supposed to be there to keep me company in my lonely, tiny, small town, was also on the road all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I should have picked, like, you know, the sheriff or whatever. Your imaginary friend was like, you're bumming me out, kid. I gotta hit the road. (laughs) Sorry, I gotta get these these Coors Lights to uh, Georgia. (laughs) 10-4, good buddy. Good luck to you. Now, we're in Smoking the Bandit. I haven't seen it in years. It was illegal to take Coors Light across a certain state line? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think I've ever seen Smoking the Bandit. Oh, well, you should probably watch it because we're starting a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Called 10-4 Good Buddies. It's all about Smoking the Bandit. 
a podcast all about uh, truck drivers in pop culture. And we start with Smokey the Bandit. We have a chapter on Thelma and Louise. This podcast records itself. Yeah. Then we'll move to maybe like uh, Anyone Trade But Loose. Absolutely. Um, all those movies are kind of conflated in my mind. They're all pretty much the same one big movie. With the exception of <sighs> Thelma and Louise where the truck driver gets blowed up. Well, the truck driver doesn't get blown up, but the truck does. Right. Which he totally deserves because he's gross. I would lump Cannonball Run into those movies, even though they weren't strictly Absolutely. truck driving. Cannonball Run was a sexy, sexy movie. I guess in the evolution of my entertainment viewing, I went straight from the all of those, all of that movie, all the different variations of that one movie, <laughs> into like Ghostbusters, into Star Trek. Sure, that, that makes sense. I think that informs my... My whole thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Clara, why were you being so mean to me? Why'd you do that to my friend? Because you ran away from me. You left me alone. I had to do everything by myself. You're scaring me. I was going to protect you, Clara. I liked you. But now I don't care. Now... When the others come, you can die along with everyone else. Did you have imaginary friends? Oh, yeah, I had a whole... I, not only did I have an, an imaginary friend, I had a whole slew, a gang of imaginary friends, and I was, of course, their queen. I had a... There was an island. I can't remember the name of the island. But the capital was Megstown. And the king and sure. queen of green pearls ran the place when I was busy doing other things. And their daughter was Princess Penelope, who was my BFF. And her boyfriend was Prince Charming. Not so creative on my end. Um, but then my boyfriend was Guard Gan, who was the guard. And there was also Needle Knight, who was the comic relief. He would, like, fall on things, and his night hat would flop around. Wait, his name was Guard Dan, or his name was Gardan? No, his name was Guard Gan. G-A-N. Oh. Guard Gan. He was a guard, and his name was Gan. And he was hot. He was smoking hot. He was, had a little Johnny Mathis happening. Yeah. He had a whole Johnny hmm. Mathis vibe, but, like, rugged guard. Johnny Mathis is a rugged guard. Did he wear, like, a suit like Johnny that was, Mathis? That was my or fantasy did he wear a guard, like, a security guard outfit? No, he wore like a guard uniform. It was like it was like a no, it was total medieval kind of stuff. It was like a red thing, like a red like like Buckingham Palace kind of thing. Oh, and got with it. like epaulets. He was like a beef yeah, eater. He was, he was hot. Yeah. yeah. We would double date all the time. Good times. Who'd you double date with? With it would be me and Guard Gan and then my other imaginary friends, Princess Penelope and Prince Charming, and we would all four. Okay. Get crazy. And then the king and queen of green pearls, which were Penelope's mom and dad, would like run the place when I wasn't around. Was there any, ever any jealousy between you and uh, Princess Penelope? Oh no! Everyone, everyone in Megstown agreed that I was fantastic and everything I said was right and just. It, it was, was the best. It was a very next generation style. <laughs> Everybody got along. <laughs> It was next generation conflated with like medieval times restaurant. The platonic ideal of. That's right. Uh, happy island civilizations. 
Yes, benevolent dictator. Um. <laughs> I don't have a sword. Now, do you expect to fight without your sword, sir? I don't expect to fight. Ha! Do I detect a streak of yellow along the good fellow's back? <laughs> First of the kids on the ship, Wesley, of course, was there. Here's my question. I'm thinking about childcare. Now that you have a baby and you're in it, right? The childcare and how childcare is, for my money, both the question and the answer for everything I ever want to do, right? Right. So, like... For example, Charlie, you and I are recording this podcast right now. The only way that you and I are able to record this podcast is that we have adequate childcare. Our spouses are watching our kids right now. Right. right? right. Otherwise, we really wouldn't be able to record. It's true. So, childcare, so when people ask me, like, do you want to go to the movies? The question is childcare. The answer is childcare. Do I want to take a shower? The question is childcare. The answer is childcare. Like, childcare is the central feature of my entire life right Right now. And so yeah. I'm thinking about Star Trek, and the, chi- the childcare has got to be gold standard and prodigious. Because you know, there's no stay-at-home parents on the Enterprise. There can't be. There no, can't be any fly in space. Yeah, you're, if you're going to take up some oxygen on that ship, you've got to have a job. We've never really seen, like, the nurseries or the daycare. We see sometimes, in some episodes, we see, like, the school. But we never see, like, where all the babies and the toddlers hang out. But you suppose they have, like, baby and toddler hangouts at, like, 3 a.m. or whatever the equivalent is for ship time? Sure. They have to. I mean, people are working 24 hours a day. Yeah, because if you have a shift from midnight to 6 a.m. or 0600 or stardate 5430-me-bob to star 430.5 like if that's when you have to work then somebody's got to watch your kids we only really saw the nursery in the episode where everybody gets turned into a kid um, oh right and they have the little play computers which are like miles behind what we have even now <laughs> it was like a three, you know a 256 pixel picture of a fish it's like what you could well, look you- at on those computers <laughs> You know, you can teach kids in a space barn. That's the that's the <laughs> message. That's true. <laughs> um, you learn reading, writing, and warp core. <laughs> that's what you learn. And I did not realize this. Um, the kid who played um, Picard's uh, nephew in France. Uh, oh yes. Also played young Picard in that episode. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. How about he that? Was good. He was good. He was delightful. He didn't deserve to get killed in that barn fire, or whatever it was. Yeah. Rough business. That's why you don't make wine the traditional way anymore. That's right. It's too dangerous. That's why Picard was correct. As usual. That should be the other theme of this podcast. Picard was correct. What about this issue? Picard was correct. Should I get the... Turkey or the roast beef? Picard says turkey. I'm going to take a chance to go with the roast beef. Ah, Picard was correct. <laughs> totally should have gone the other way with my sandwich choice. Picard, when will I learn to listen to you? <laughs> this is Jean-Luc Picard, captain of the Enterprise. Ah, klaxon, ries, blaj, blan, arnik, karnik. Alexander? Yes, Alexander might be my favorite kid on the whole show. Really? I think he's pretty annoying. 
Oh, that's why I love him. Because he's a Klingon kid. He should be annoying. I guess all kids are kind of annoying, right? He's a Klingon kid. All kids are universally horrible. Yeah. Kids, especially though, like his mom died. His right. dad is like, you will now live with my Russian adopted grandparents. Right. <laughs> Somewhere away from me. Because I'm too busy with my sharper image catalog of a quarters. You know how Worf had that? I loved his chair. You remember the chair? In War- you never saw Worf's bed. You just saw the chair. You know what I'm talking about? I thought you meant <laughs> he had a catalog of quarters, like, <laughs> you know, 25 cent pieces. <laughs> like he collected, he was a coin collecting. Yeah, well, that's yeah. one of the things people don't know about Worf. It's in his spare time, he liked to collect rare coins and stamps from around <laughs> the galaxy. <laughs> It was a uh, big he did have a sharper stamp. image set of. Uh, he did have a sharper image uh, room on the ship. Yes. Yes. Uh, you never uh, saw his bed. He sat on this like weird throne chair that was like leatherette, made out of like leatherette balls, big spheres and globes, and he he would perch on sometimes when he thought his deep thoughts. And then he had a shrine that had a big ceremonial knife in it. Right. That's the only things we ever really see in Worf's quarters. Like, we never see... Like, do you think Worf sleeps standing up? Like, what's happening there? Did he do his weird Tai Chi in his room, or did he go to the holodeck? Or the exercise room? He would go to the exercise room or the holodeck to do his warrior breathing and stretching. Do you think he ever walked in on Bev and Deanna doing their weird tai chi and they had a big mix up and they're like oh no no i I gotta go and he's like no join us and then uh, (laughs) they all do tai chi together you gotta put on this terry cloth wristbands first wharf if you're gonna do our kind of work but he would lead classes don't you remember like wharf would lead aerobics classes yeah he did and they would all take him he did on the klingon planet i would take a wharf led aerobics class I bet it would be really hard you'd be a fool not to I would be a fool only a fool a storm does not what is it the storm does not respect a fool that's a Klingonism is it the storm yes he does it's a whole bit he tells a whole story in one of the episodes about how what is it about how he's telling a parable I think it might be to Alexander he's telling a parable about how some Klingon was trying to prove how brave he was by standing outside when there was a big thunderstorm to show that he was not afraid, and then the thunderstorm ended up killing him. And the other right. Klingons were like, yeah, of course he died, because the storm does not respect a fool. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's wise. Yeah. Super wise. So, Alexander's total nerd, who happens to be, what is he, a quarter Klingon? Half Klingon? I guess he's three-fourths three Klingon. Yeah, 75% Klingon. But who all he really wants to do is, like, play chess and hang out with his Russian grandparents. Does he play chess? Well, I don't know. I don't know what he does. He picks his nose. I don't know. But, like, the central problem with Worf and Alexander is, like, he won't be, he won't be Klingon-y enough. And Worf's like, right. dude, Klingon get, up. And he's like, I don't feel like it. Get klingon here. I want to go to the Old West Holodeck program. Dad, play dress up with me. A Klingon does not dress up. These are not real lines. I'm just making them up. No, no, they're real. That's directly from the script. <laughs> from my, fa- my fan fiction that I write. Y- yeah. <laughs> we're, still, we're still trying to book a venue to perform. 
our <laughs> our fan fiction. So if anybody has any leads on that. Son, we must do Klingon things like look at our ceremonial mm. knives and choose furniture from the Sharper Image catalog. <laughs> from the Sky Mall. Choose the choose your choose your chair from the Sky Mall. It's called Space Mall now. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Space Mall, that's right. That's where you can get your uh, ceremonial knives and your hot dog toasters. <laughs> where are the other Klingons? There are no others on board. Why? The Federation and the Klingon Empire were enemies for many years. No other Klingons have asked to serve in Starfleet. Why? A warrior does not ask so many questions. I don't want to be a warrior. You know what I think Wesley would have done? He would have put stickers on his tricorder. (laughs) (laughs) He would have done something to personalize it. Because that's just what you do when you're a kid. That's true. What kind of stickers do you think? Would Wesley uh, have? Was, I mean, there aren't space bands. Maybe, maybe here's what happened. Riker got right. stickers made up for his space jazz band. <laughs> and Wesley put one on his tricorder. Trying to be cool, but it's not cool. Because it's like your boss. Like That's sucking, right. It's your boss. Eh. And also, even in the 24th century, nobody really likes jazz. That's if not If you're a teenager Megan. that likes oh, jazz, boo, that means boo. you've been homeschooled. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I should point out at this point that my husband is a jazz musician and would probably divorce me upon hearing this podcast. Good thing he doesn't listen. Good thing! Woohoo! Um, I don't think <laughs> Lauren listens. She'll listen to jazz, though. I listen to jazz. That's good. That's nice. I also listen to jazz. I'm just saying if you're 12 and you're listening to jazz. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying that jazz is bad. I'm saying that if you're 12 years old and listening to jazz and putting jazz stickers on your tricorder, that is a sign of serious nerddom. You've come down right. with the case of the nerd pox. That's all I'm saying. I'm never going to feel this way about anyone else. Uh, now, I know you're a big Guinan fan. What did you think of uh, Kiddo Guinan? Well, you know, what I've, what struck me about that, it, it raises questions for me. In, only insofar as, like, because we know that Guinan is really old. Right? She's, like, super, right. super old. So, here's what I understand. They, it make them all kids, but, I mean, I've got to wonder, like, is it... Are you this... Let me see if I can articulate this better. If you are a species of whatever species Guinan is, and you become... Like, yep. is the kid, is childhood the equivalent of a human childhood? Like, in the episode, they're like, yeah, sure, it is, totally. You're a kid, and that's what kids are. But, like, do you have a shorter childhood so that you have longer life as an adult? Like, if we all went back to eight year, our, you know, our eighth year, you and me, Charlie, we would be, like, little second graders. Mm-hmm. But maybe another species in their eighth year, they'd be like, a, they'd have like hair on their chest and stuff. Right. I don't know. The El Orians are mysterious. They are. Good, good job. Nice work. I, think I just looked it up. Good work. Good, good uh, Wikipedia skills. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I haven't seen that episode in a while. I don't remember what their phony baloney explanation was about why they got turned into kids. 
I think it's because the grown-ups all wanted to go to, like, Hawaii for a week. And they're like, just shoot around right. us. And the writers were like, okay. And then the, well, let's bring in some kids. And then the dang old Ferengi showed up. Those hilarious Ferengi. Those hapless... The, the Ferengi are like the Keystone Cops of Star Trek The Next Generation. They sure are. Like, they're just, like, stepping on each other. Yep. They're like, Officer Krupke, you've done it again. Like, they're just running around like that. The Ferengi That are. first episode with the Ferengis was rough, because they were basically acting like monkeys. Like, they had it. it yeah. yeah, with those little laser whips. Yeah. Never saw the laser whip again. Yeah, the... Yeah, because it's a terrible idea. Yeah. It seems very un, uh, inaccurate, inaccurate. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to use a regular whip. Right. <laughs> let alone a laser whip. That's just, like, added some difficulty. And if you're going to bother making your whip a laser, just use the laser. Even... And then you call it a phaser, mm-hmm. and you're done with Even it. Even Indiana Jones put his whip down and shot the guy that time when he needed to. Oh, that was beautiful. Iconic scene. Sure. Ferengi could have watched some Indiana Jones. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's why we don't see the laser whip again. They have the laser whip, then they, you know, tussle with the Federation, and they're like, we got to read up on our enemy. Then they got kind of sucked in. They spent a weekend binge-watching all the Indiana Joneses, as you do. Right. And they're like, wow, Temple of Doom, I got mixed feelings. And they had a big argument about it, and some of them were like, Temple of Doom is genius. And I was like, it's inscrutable. And they have that conversation. And then they're like, either way, we got to master this whip nonsense. And they put it down, and then they pick up the pistols. Was... That's what I think went down. Was it the same episode? It wasn't the, the, the alien kid who made Riker think that he was on the ship. It was a different episode than Riker um, had the fake kid, right? Are those two different things? Where Riker thought he was, a, he was the captain, like 10 years in the future or something? Wasn't that a different one? Yeah, that was the same episode. He thought he was the captain, and he was like, oh, I don't have any memory. And they're like, this is your son, Jean-Luc. And he's like, what? I don't remember. And then they was like, wait a minute. You are not my son. And then, no, we're really being tormented by the Romulans. Come out this way. We'll sneak away. That was the alien one. Right. Yeah, and then they're like, wait a minute, you're not, there's no Romulans, show yourself! And he's like, I'm just a little alien, stuck in a cave, and my mom put these, these rods that make you think that, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> make my dreams come alive! So I won't be lonely, but it didn't work. This is, listen, this is a parenting lesson we can learn, which is that your iPad is no substitute for parenting. That's, That's what the true. lesson there is. That's true. The little hypno rods that make your dreams come true, not the same as actually taking the kid to the park and pushing them on the swings. Which is a drag, because I really like the iPad approach to parenting. Because I got stuff to do. Right. I got to fly. I'm the Riker in this scenario, Charlie. I, I got to fly around and bark orders and explore galaxies. <laughs> Um, so just watch some Rugrats here, and uh, sure. let me know when you need me to push play again. Uh, yeah, Riker got abducted. But I'm a terrible parent, so don't listen to me. <laughs> Riker got abducted by those fish monks later on. Uh, Riker. He got captured. They thought, yeah, um, then they tortured him. 
Somebody else tortured him? He He's had some adventures. Yeah. That just makes him damaged and more attractive to the ladies. Well, sure. Chicks dig scars. Emotional ones and physical ones. They sure do. Bug is persistent, I'll admit that. But I'm not worried. We Rikers are ornery, too. Matter of fact, my great-grandfather once got bit by a rattlesnake. After three days of intense pain, the snake died. We would be really remiss if we didn't mention Troy's space baby. <gasps> oh, in the great... Listen, this is a great... There's a whole, like, uh, tradition of in science fiction and genre TV of the female characters getting pregnant by, like, alien babies, right? Right. Like, that happened in Angel. Cordelia got pregnant uh-huh. with a with a demon baby. And now here's Troy with her space baby. Like, there's a lot of them. So Troy's space baby episode was also the one where we met Pulaski. And as you say, you have said... They did not want you to like her, and she started off by like not reporting, and like she was intent forward. She's like, "Hey, I'm Pulaski. Troy's pregnant. Shut up, card. Cut to commercial." That was our ent- that was our entree into Pulaski. Was I'm too busy to listen to orders because I'm too busy doing what I think is right. And I used to think that the Troy bonding with the kid was phony baloney until I saw uh, my wife bond with the child instantly. And, sure. and then uh, I thought, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Even though the baby was conceived and gestated in 30 minutes or whatever. Nobody uh, made any strong abortion arguments, did they? I'm trying to remember. I think maybe Worf raised his eyebrow at the most. <laughs> and, like, and that was the entire pro-choice argument. Well, wait. Contained in Worf's mighty brows. Worf said something about it. I don't remember... And then, but she cut it off before anything was actually, I think, implicitly said. She said, I'm having this baby. Oh, right. When they're in the conference room. Right. Like, they're all talking and it gets all echoey. Right. And she's, like, communing with her her betazoid baby. Yeah. And she's like, F you people. This baby's coming out of me. I wish she had gone full Benjamin Button, but reverse. I wish she'd gone full reverse Benjamin Button and aged the entire (laughs) way in, like, 24 hours. That would be fabulous. Uh, and turn it into an old then man. Then it'd be like visiting the baby in the nursing home. Then we could see how geriatric care was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, he could have been made up like that admiral that got the reverse, that got the real Benjamin Button uh, cure. <laughs> That's right. A lot of Benjamin Buttons. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> After we complete this podcast and our... Smoking the Bandit podcast. Maybe we will start up a Benjamin Button and Benjamin Button style <laughs> entertainment podcast. I just want to hear you say Benjamin Button a whole bunch more times. Benjamin Button. <laughs> Every time you say it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> B sounds are funny. Benjamin Button. It's because you you really lean into those U sounds, Benjamin Button. <laughs> I'm just a simple country lawyer, Megan. And your Benjamin Buttons have to be investigated. I just gotta take my Benjamin Button case to the Space Jazz Court because I'm in the 24th century. Call back. I love it. I love it. Benjamin Button needs a mint julep. 
Benjamin Button is a steel magnolia. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, oh. That's well. Our podcast has devolved mm. into inanity, which probably means we should wrap it's it up. It's the truth. <laughs> Do whatever you feel is necessary to protect the ship and the crew. But know this. I'm going to have this baby. And it seems that the discussion is over. That's episode 11, guys. Thanks for listening. Keep those tweets and emails coming. We are at setphaserspod at gmail i think it's been so long yes we are at set phasers pod good job and we're set phasers to fun pod at gmail.com uh we love your episode ideas we love all, we love all your ideas just tweet us and gmail us like crazy people and we love it keep it coming makes us feel less alone this space cloud that we are in i can't talk at That's all the truth. it's because we're, we're recording this at an unusual time and i'm kind of stupid it's oh, it's 1 p.m. Yeah, I should be napping right now. I've been rehearsing for company. I've been in rehearsal all night, so I've been going to bed at 12.30 and then waking up at 6.30 to give my daughter yogurt, and I'm just <clears throat> fracked. Wait, you've been... You're rehearsing for company? Yeah, <laughs> I'm in a production of company right now. Oh, is that a play? Yeah, it's a play. It's crazy. Okay. I thought you meant, like... I don't know what I thought you meant. You were, like, getting ready for the... Like, you're having your, your manners drill with your kids. <laughs> For when company comes. I keep them up till midnight to be like, hey, what do you please? <laughs> and thank you. Work. Again, try it from the top. <laughs> Nobody sleeps till I'm satisfied. <laughs> so that's how, that's parenting. That's a little parenting advice for you. Gogarty style. Most, most of this episode has just been me uh, not understanding what you're talking about. <laughs> and, mis- and misconstruing your words. <laughs> Which oh is fine. God. I'm gonna I'm gonna plead sleep deprivation. I think you should. And I'll plead uh, incoherence. <laughs> just just for funsies. Just work a day it. incoherence. If we don't reach REM sleep, we don't dream. We we begin to lose our cognitive abilities. We find it hard to concentrate. We forget how to do the most ordinary task. Then we become irritable, paranoid. Some people experience hallucinations. There is an inevitable conclusion to this pattern. And if I can't find a way to stop it, we will all go insane.